Good evening, everybody. So glad you could be back with us tonight. We are continuing our look at Joseph, and we'll be in Genesis chapter 39. Really excited about the study of Joseph. He's such a great character in the Bible and somebody that we can learn so much from, from the things that happened to him and, and the way that he handled them. <clears throat> but tonight, our title of the lesson tonight is The Lord Was With Joseph. And kind of just get us back into the thought. In chapter 37, we see Joseph, because of the hatred of his brothers, because of that hatred that they had for him, they sell him into slavery. You remember their original thought was they wanted to kill him. But Reuben steps up a little bit and says, no, don't kill him. Just put him in the pit in the wilderness. And as they were eating, they decided as the Midianite uh, crew was coming through to Egypt, they figured that they would sell and make some money off of their brother and sold him into slavery. Could you imagine that? I mean, put yourself in the story for just a, a minute. Imagine that your Joseph, we talked about it last week a little bit, and I mean, I mean, I don't know if I've ever really, I mean, I know the story and I'm familiar with it, but to actually put myself in that situation is something that would be horrible, wouldn't it? To actually go to try and speak to your brothers to find out where they're at and to be able to come back and tell your father what's going on and what they're doing. But instead of that happening, what comes about is your clothes get ripped off of you and you get thrown into slavery. And you get left. Could you imagine the ride to Egypt? Could you imagine the emotions that was going through Joseph's head at that time? He had lost everything. He'd lost his freedom. He had lost his family. He had lost that tunic that he, uh, of many colors that he loved so much from his father. He was no longer home. He wasn't in his safe place. And now he was being told probably by force by someone he doesn't even know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, right? You remember we looked at the psalm and it says that his feet were, had iron fetters on them, right? He was chained up, he was tied up. But despite all of that, but dis despite all of that tough situation that was going on in his life, Look at verse 30, uh, look at chapter 39 and look at verse 1. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of the garden, from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. And verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of the master of the house, how, he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, sorry. 
Despite all that is going on in, in Joseph's life, despite all of the things that are happening right in the moment, these Ishmaelites sell him to this Egyptian master named Potiphar. But the key thing that I want us to think about and, and I want us to kind of journey through this story with this thought in our mind was this concept that said the Lord was with Joseph. Those words make, make a big difference, don't they? Just the thought of, of, of you personally being without the Lord and then you personally being with the Lord, there's automatically a difference in that, isn't it? There's automatically some power that comes by understanding that phrase. Things happen and things change when the Lord is with us. Am I right about it? Things are a lot different when the Lord is with us. You know, I think about it and <clears throat> I was looking at some verses and this one caught my attention. It was Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 11. Look what Jeremiah says. But the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. What confidence. The Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one. Let's dive deeper into this chapter and see what we can learn from the word of God tonight. The first thing to consider when the Lord is with us, when the Lord is really with us, we have an opportunity, brethren, to be used. Amen. When the Lord is with us, we have the opportunity, if we want to take it, if we want to get that baton and run with it, we have the opportunity to be used. Let's use Joseph as our example. Look at verse 2 again. It says, the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had uh, and all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of the house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for uh, Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. What about Joseph's life? When we look at it and we don't know what the scriptures tell us, and if you were just told this story about this boy who was uh, thrown into slavery and how his brothers treated him, would you say that God was with him? <laughs> or would we say, man... You know, like Job's friends, you remember? All these things were happening to Job and what do his good buddies come and tell him? Dude, you need to repent, man. You need to tell God that you, whatever it is you've done, you need to hurry up and make it right so this calamity will stop coming upon you, right? 
Isn't that where we go when things start going bad? It's almost like, what have I done to deserve this, right? What have I done to deserve this? How come these situations just keep piling up on me? Joseph is a slave and he's put under the control of another person. And this was done by his family. But even in the worst situations, even in those tough times that you think you don't know the way out of, when we show the qualities of God in our lives, we can be used in those situations. Am I right? How happy was Joseph probably to go to Potiphar's house? Probably not that excited, was he? Would you say, would you be? But look at what happens. Verse four says that Joseph found favor in the sight of Potiphar. You guys know what favor means, right? I think about this at work and, and, and I remember I was a hard worker and I would uh, do things extra without the boss telling me. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not up here trying to pat myself on the back. There was many days on nights where we'd sneak off and go to sleep. So, and I'm not going to talk about all that though, right? I'm not going to talk about that stuff. I'm, I want to talk about and bring these good facts up for a minute, all right? But I remember doing things that maybe the boss didn't ask me to do. I remember doing things that were a little bit extra because I needed that area just didn't look right. So I need to clean that up. And you know, as I would do those things because I knew it was the right thing to do. You want to know what happened uh, with me to the bosses? I gained favor. They kind of asked me to do a couple more things. And then I'd do it. And they'd ask me to do a couple more things, right? And now all of a sudden, as time goes by, because I'm just helping out because I want to do the right thing, because I want to do the thing that I'm supposed to do at work, and that's work, I could get favor from bosses, from my employees that work next to me. All of these people that were by me, I could gain favor. Well, why is that such a big deal? Think about who Joseph is, slave. Now, over time, it says that the Lord, verse two, he was, the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he had to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. And what does Potiphar do? He makes him the overseer. <laughs> what a promotion. Having no clothes, ripped off on a way down to Egypt. And now all of a sudden, he finds himself being an overseer. What had Joseph done? To, what had Joseph done to receive this reward? Had he just believed that God was good? God's good, isn't he? I beg to differ. He probably was thinking the opposite. Lord, what's, uh, what's going on? But what did he do despite this situation that he was in? 
these qualities that he understood. And we know that his dad is Israel, right? We know that Jacob knows who God is. We know that Jacob understands what real faith is. It's believing who God is and doing what he asks you to do. Because he knew that, he probably taught his children that, wouldn't you think? And here was Joseph doing exactly what he was supposed to do. Joseph was prospering in all that he did. In the tough situation, when you don't want to go to work, when you don't want to punch the clock, when you don't want to yawn uh, and get out of the bed, you want to just yawn and stay in there, right? And cover the, the cover over your head and just stay there. But you say, you know what? Here's an opportunity, Lord. Today is the day, and this is a tough day for me. This may be the hardest day of my life, but today is the day that I'm going to be used by you. He becomes the overseer of the house. And verse 5 says this. It says, and so it was from that day that Joseph became the overseer and that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. For Joseph's sake. And those blessings were on all that he had in the house and in the field. I, I talked about this before. I've said this before. But sometimes we forget. And you know what? Even though I've said it before, I forgot it myself until I started thinking about this. When I'm going through the toughest part of my life, when I'm going through this tough situation and I put God first, you want to know what happens to the people around me when I'm pushing through and I'm persevering? I become a blessing to them. Man, look at them pushing through that. Man, look at them persevering through this tough situation when I know they could explode, when I know they could say something that isn't very nice. Look at how they're handling the situation. It says that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And those blessings were on all that he had in the house and all that he had in the field. You want to know why all that's happening? Because the Lord was with him. You remember when David tried to carry the Ark of the Covenant the wrong way? You remember it was a disaster, right? Uzzah ends up dying because of it. You remember he, he gets so frustrated with the situation and, and a little bit, I think, upset with God that he leaves the ark somewhere. He leaves it at Obed-Edom's house. He leaves it there for three months. And you want to know what happens at Obed-Edom's house in that three months? His house was blessed because of it. When God shows up in your life, you will be blessed. Brethren, don't let Satan fool you. Don't let Satan trick you to think that what you're doing is in vain. Don't let Satan get you to be uh, in a mind frame that's I'm doing this for nothing. I don't see any reward. I don't see any benefits of it because it's just not true. When God is in your life, things change. Maybe not in that moment. Joseph's a slave. But what does Joseph do? He makes the best of the situation and he becomes an overseer. Of this whole house. See, when we let the Lord show up in our lives and we let him in, 
He will use us. He can use you. He wants to use you. Look at what it says in verse 6. It says, thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Man, what do you got at the house? I have no idea. What's your crops looking like? I have no idea. How many cattle you got? I have no idea. How come you have no idea? Because I left it in the guy's hands that I trust so much. Well, who is it? Well, I don't really know him. He's a slave. <laughs> uh, we, I picked him up from the Ishmaelites earlier uh, this year. Really? Why would an Egyptian do that? Doesn't it go back to the same thought that Jesus says, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Don't count me out on anything. Brethren, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm just going to be honest for a minute, okay? I obeyed the gospel a while ago. I became a Christian not a whole, whole long time ago, but I became a Christian a little bit ago. I've been a Christian for a while now. But you want to know what? As I read this story and as I've studied for this story, you want to know what I've realized? That I need to put God more in my life. I need to push some things out of my life and I need to put God more in my life. Because what I see is when God is fully in my life all the time, man, look what happens. And it'd be different if we were talking about a story that was all peaches and cream, right? It'd be different if we were just talking about a story that everything fell into place and it was just like it needed to be. That's just not true, is it? Hated by his brothers, thrown in a pit, sent off in slavery down to Egypt. Who knows where he was going to go? Picked up by Potiphar to work for him and do whatever he needs to do. But what do we see happening in all of these things? And we pick it up really at Potiphar's house is God was with Joseph and things were happening. Potiphar left everything in the hands of Joseph and he never even worried about one thing. Because Joseph's faithfulness to the Lord, it, it doesn't have a big prayer, him saying prayers to God. It doesn't have all of these things. But you know what we do see in Joseph? We see action, don't we? We see action. See, if I want to make a difference in somebody's life, yeah, I got to pray for him, don't I? That's action. It's, I just can't get over the thought of James when he says, you say there is one God, good for you. Because even the demons believe that. And they tremble. But they don't make heaven their home. But see, faith without works is dead. Because if I believe who Jesus is, if I really believe that he is the son of God, that he really did die on a cross for my sins, then he tells me that I need to do some things. I need to put my trust in him. In those toughest times. Joseph, even though this was a terrible situation that has happened to him, 
Where do you think his mind was in verse 6? How do you think Joseph felt in verse 6? I mean, he, he'd given him everything. He probably felt pretty good, wouldn't you say? Joseph is thinking, maybe this ain't so bad. Maybe this has been a good thing for me. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing that uh, you've given me. And then right about that time, <laughs> isn't this how it goes? Right about that time, you start getting real comfortable and everything's kind of settled out and, and everything's going real good. Your verse 7 happens, don't it? Everything's kind of calmed down and everything's going great. And then all of a sudden, here comes verse 7 in your life. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. <laughs> oh, Satan, he's lurking, ain't he? Oh, Satan's looking for the opportunity when everything is good, everything is calm to throw in some stuff, doesn't he? Potiphar's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. It's interesting that verse 6 says, Now Joseph was handsome in form and in appearance. Joseph, in Matt Miller talk, was a breezy man. This guy looked good. And the Bible says it. This guy was a good-looking guy. And Potiphar's wife knew it. She began to lust for Joseph. So much so that she says, lie with me. And that leads to the next point. When the Lord is with us, we are strong in battle. Amen? Joseph could have had anything in the house, right? He could have had anything in the house except one thing. Let's look at verses 7 through 9. It says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater than this, uh, in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Because you are his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph, despite this strong temptation to lie with the master's wife, what does he choose to do? Not to do it. The awesome and encouraging statement Joseph says is this. There is no one greater in the house. I'm the man. There's nobody greater in this house than me. And everything has been committed to me. And I'm the one who says yay or nay on all of these things. But the one thing that I cannot have is you. So how can I do such a great, wicked thing? How can I sleep with you 
Because when I do that, this is a problem between me and Potiphar. But bigger than that, I sin against who, brethren? Who does he say? He says God. Joseph stood for the truth. And what becomes of it? You know, usually we want to stand for the truth and we want a reward for it, don't we? We want to be patted on the back and we want to say, man, how awesome is that? Man, what a powerful movement you did. What was his reward, brethren? A big fat lie. Are we willing to stand on truth no matter what the circumstance or the outcome may be? And will we still want God in our lives? See, look at verses 10. It says, so it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her uh, to lie with her or to be with her. Think about that. Day by day, a constant temptation. Have you ever been tempted by something day by day? Does it become easier to deal with? Does that temptation that you want become easier to deal with as you, as you uh, have it? in your face every single day, all of the time? No, it becomes harder, doesn't it? Unless you got somebody helping you in the battle. I can't do that. Why not? How come you can't do that? Because God said I couldn't do that. Well, why did he say? I don't know and I don't care, but I do know this. He said don't do it, and so therefore I'm not even playing that game. Right? A straight up lie got put on Joseph. Something that wasn't even true. Think about this. It says, but it happened, verse 11, about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when, when she saw that, <coughs> excuse me, that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them saying, see, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice and it happened. When he heard that I had lifted my voice and cried out that he had left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with the words like these saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came into me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. Why did the wife do that? Everything was going so good, man. Joseph had it all straightened out, didn't he? What in the world? Why would she want to do that? He told, he told her no. He told her over and over, I don't want that. I can't do that. That's not something that I can be a part of. 
Why? Why does this life get so tough? Huh? How can we have to deal with issues? I don't want no problems. How about you? I want everything to be good. I don't ever want to deal with a tough situation in my life. How about you? How come we got to? How come we have to deal with these things? How discouraging must it have been for Joseph? Here he was, terrible. Now it's great. Now it's terrible again. Look at what happens to him. Verse 19, so it was when the master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. Brethren, he didn't even give Joseph a shot. Why'd that wife do that? She was jealous, wasn't she? She was mad, wasn't she? You mean you don't want to hook up with me? <laughs> Joseph wouldn't get with her, would he? So she received her reward by doing what? By getting him thrown in jail. What was ruling her life, brethren? Wasn't it the flesh? You remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 8? He says, so then those who are in the flesh can't what? You can't please God. But what was Joseph's reward for standing up in the battle for the Lord? What was his reward for this? See, when people read this, if they don't continue to read it and they put some of this worldly thought into it, he didn't receive any reward, did he? Except for the master's anger. And then he takes him and he puts him into prison where the king's prisoners were confined. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm trying to serve you. Oh, man, I don't know about you guys, but I deal with situations like this all the time. How about you? Things are going great, and then all of a sudden, I got a big fat mess to deal with. I got a huge situation that's like, really, where'd this come from? Why is this out of nowhere? It's all the time, isn't it? Don't we think, well, if I can just get through this, then it'll be better, right? Let me go back to this tractor situation that I got going on. Uh, and Jeff Brewers helped me with this tremendously by saying these things. He said, welcome to the world of dealing with a tractor. You're always going to have it broke down, right? But it just seems like as soon as I get the belt fixed on the fan that the radiator goes out. And then as soon as I get that radiator going, now all of a sudden the carburetor won't run. Now it's choking out. Then when I get that done and I finally get the bush going now the 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 PTO snapped now I get the PTO fixed and now it's just on and on the wheel breaks now I got to get Brian to weld me another one. it's like what in the world is that time out time out time out time out time out time Danny <laughs> can you mow my grass man 
What happens in life is situations like this happen, don't they? And if we let them consume us, if we allow them to have the power, what happens to us? It stresses us out, doesn't it? It makes it where we can't even function the right way. When I think about Joseph's story, the beauty of this is even in the midst of a terrible situation, he's able to maneuver the right way. And why is that? Because the Lord was with him. Do you think Joseph had the lyrics farther along in his head? Tempted and tried, were off made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long. While there were others living about us, never molested though in the wrong. When we as Christians are doing so good in our walk with the Lord and then all of these and all of these great things are happening and then all of the sudden calamity, all of the sudden turmoil and pain come into our lives, do we ask the question, where are you at, God? Where are you at, God? Do we believe? that when life gets difficult or maybe even unfair that God has left the building? He's out. He gone. Does it cause us to question the goodness of God? See, here's the reality. We don't know God is with us by some feeling. You know, you, you, you know what happens in the religious world. This feeling has come over me and now all of a sudden I know that the spirit is on me, right? Joseph doesn't have that. The only reason why we know that the Lord is with him is why, brethren? Because we're reading it, amen? <laughs> I know exactly where the Lord is because I just read it on these pages. You want to know what that is? Knowledge. You want to know what that brings us as brethren? Confidence. See, we have real knowledge to know that God is with his people. God cares for his people and God wants to help his people. Amen? If I believe the Holy Scriptures, then I believe that that's true. So what should that do for me in those times that are difficult to not be anxious for anything? But through everything, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, I'm going to present my request to God. Why? Because I want that peace that passes understanding. Don't you? Because I know that what the Bible tells me is true. Romans 15, 4 says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, right? So we can have knowledge that we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have what, brethren? Hope. Joseph didn't even have that. He had Jacob, his daddy, telling him about Yahweh. We have the whole story. Over and over, people dealing with tough situations. And how did they do it? They persevered. 
So here we go again. Things were looking so good for Joseph and we're about done. And then all of a sudden, back to square one. In the moment, doesn't it hurt? In those tough times, doesn't it feel unfair? Put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a minute. The one who entrusted him with everything threw him in jail. See ya. What a lonely place that must have been. <laughs> but the last thing to consider when the Lord is with us, nothing can hold us down. Amen. When the Lord is with us, there ain't nothing that can hold us down. Look at verses 19 and 23 really quick. So it was that when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him saying, your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the uh, prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, uh, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And here we hear this thing again called favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. <laughs> what happens in the prison? The keeper says, you know what? This slave, this guy you just locked up, man, he's pretty good. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm going to put him over everybody. What in the world? How does that happen? It sounds like a made-up nursery rhyme. Brethren, if we believe the Bible, this is a true story and God can do amazing things. Don't you want in on that? What's your story? How's God working in your life? What is he doing for his glory in your actions? See, the keeper of the prison did not look to anything that was under Joseph's authority. He didn't even question it because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper again. Another situation, another terrible place, and God gets the glory in it because you know what? When God is with us, can't nothing hold us down. I want to close with this, John chapter 15, and I probably use it every week too, and I apologize. No, I don't apologize. I just want you to hear this because it's true stuff. John 15 verses 4 through 8. This is actually Jesus saying what's happening in Joseph's time. Look at what he says. He says, abide in me and I. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine and you're the branches. 
And he who abides in me and I in him, listen to the promise, brethren, bears much fruit. Here's the question that I want to offer to you guys tonight. How much fruit do you want to bear? How much? One, one little bitty old fruit, one little bitty old green fruit that's hard and or you want that ripe one. You want them things falling off the limbs. It says that if you abide in me and I in you, I'll, I'll allow you to bear much fruit. He says, for without me, you can do nothing. But look at verse six. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, now look at what the promise is. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. I wonder what Joseph was thinking in those moments. Huh? By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. You will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Because see, I ask it the right way, don't I? I ask it with the right motives, don't I? Lord, help me in this situation because I want strength. I want to be able to overcome this temptation that's in my life. And I want to do it for your glory. I want to do it for your honor. I don't want to do it so everybody can say, great job, Matt Miller. Man, you're the guy. I want to do it to be pleasing to you. I don't even want anybody else to know about it because I love you so much. And I know that you'll exalt me when I need to be exalted. And boy, he is exalting Joseph left and right in all of these terrible situations. Don't let a terrible situation get you down. Don't let a terrible situation make you think you can't do it because you can. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here today and you've got some things going on in your life that you need prayers for and you need somebody to pray with you. We can do that. Have a good week. Happy Father's Day, brethren. Sorry to keep you so long, but I'm going to tell you what. I could preach for another hour. I know y'all don't want that, but with all that's in me, I love you guys so much, and I appreciate you letting me speak. I appreciate you giving me the, the time to do it. And that's real talk. But maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Don't waste any more time thinking about it. Today is the day that you can obey the gospel and become a part of the family of God. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Today you can be baptized and added to his family and washed clean of all sins. If you need to obey the gospel, whatever you need, please come right now. Together we stand and sing.